Good morning, this is Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of people who have been called to various types of ministries in their churches and in their communities. Today we're here with Summer Worley, and we're going to, to discuss her five years of ministry and where she has been, what she has done. She's the pastor at Christ United Methodist Church in McMinnville, and Christ United Methodist Church meets at what time, Summer? We have morning worship at 8 a.m. and at 10 a.m. with Sunday school in the middle at 9. Perfect. Thank you for being here, Summer. It is a pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Introducing you to local church and community leaders, The Calling. So, Summer, you grew up in Lebanon, is that correct? That is correct. What was your childhood like growing up in Lebanon? Well, I was raised by a single mom. My mom, Rhonda, she did everything worked long hours it was we were poor it wasn't a very easy upbringing my father was and is a very active part of my life even still and my wonderful stepmother theta they've all three helped raise me and oh, that's great it's a it's a wonderful experience seeing them get along as i know many families don't have that blessing right. and so I've, I've felt like i've had three families for most of my life that's wonderful. Yes. It's important for children to have that connection. Yes. Even though parents may not live together to uh, get along together for the sake of the child. Exactly. What were some of the challenges growing up with a single mom? Poverty is only uh, one word, but it describes a lot of different situations. Yes. My, for one, my mom had to work a lot. I remember a time where it was two jobs. And I would spend a lot of time with my grandmother. She, my grandfather and my grandmother would pick me up from school, and they would also drop me off in the mornings because my mom would have to go in early in the morning and then take the second job in the afternoons. Um, there was even a time where she was working night shift at a factory, and I would spend the evenings with my dad and my stepmom during the week and then would be home with my mom on the weekends. And So, again, I never felt like it was woe is me. I never felt saddened by any of this. It was just part of my daily life. There were moments of sadness when I would notice sadness in my mom, difficulty paying the bills or living situation, not being what she had hoped for herself and for her child. I was, a I was an only child. Right. So I had a big imagination. And so I would always just go to my room and play and how Dream fun. up things. Did you have an imaginary friend? Of course. What was that friend's name? I had so many. I can't even remember. <laughs> you had an imaginary community. Yes. I love it. Yes. That's I remember great. there was a time where I had a twin. <gasps> Lovely. There was two of me. One could sing and one could act. Nice. And then I remember a time where there would, there, I had this imaginary friend whom I seriously do not remember the name, but that friend had a family and I would go places with the family and tour different places. Oh, I love that. What an active imagination. It has served me well. <laughs> That's wonderful. I love that. What were some of your favorite childhood memories? Going to Opryland was one. Wow. Before it was the mall, Opry Mills. Did you ride all the rides there? I have never been a fan of roller coasters. Okay. Because I get sick pretty easily. Yeah. But I love the water rides. I loved even the shows at a young age, hearing the music and oh, wow. seeing the acting and seeing the, the oh, different country stars. That was always a blast. So now that it's Opry Mills, do you go there still? 
Oh, yes. It happened at the right time because I love the theme park and I miss it now that I have small children. But Aubrey Mills came around right as I was becoming a young adult and wanted to go shopping. Yes. And so, yeah. And oh, my gosh, I racked up so much debt going shopping at Aubrey Mills. It's terrible. Yeah, that happens. It <laughs> happens. I was looking online a little bit just to get a, a bio about you, and I noticed that you happen to be a fan of X-Men. Oh, my goodness. Yes, you have tapped into a, a side of me that not many people know, but it's all of Marvel. All of Marvel. Okay. Ever since the See, when I was a kid, I'd never read the comics. Yeah. They were never exposed to me. But my my first child was a boy. And he got into Spider-Man at a young age. And so being the mom that I am and wanting to be full into my kid's life, I also would watch the movies and would talk to him about it. And so I've watched all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Phase 1, 2, and 3. Can't wait to see what they've got for Phase 4. And I know so much useless knowledge (laughs) about that. It's ridiculous. You know a lot of (laughs) Spider-Man trivia? I do. Now, do you have a favorite? Is Spider-Man your favorite? Spider-Man is not my favorite. I I like the female characters. I yeah. like Black Widow. Yeah. I like Wonder Woman from DC, which is yes. not Marvel, but Right. When when the year I was ordained, Wonder Woman was coming out and so I would imagine, you know, it was like, yes, I am Wonder Woman. That's right, you are. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course, Absolutely. now with Captain Marvel, I love Captain Marvel too. So, yeah, that's fun. There's a new Spider-Man out. Have you seen that yet? I haven't seen it yet. Okay, it's on I the watch list, I'm sure. It. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's fun. I think any woman in ministry is absolutely Wonder Woman. So I think that's, I applaud you. Thank yeah. you, and I agree. Yeah. I agree. We have to do a lot. I'm Dana Hornby. You're listening to The Calling, and I'll be back with Pastor Summer Worley in just a moment. I'm Dana Hornby. We're back with The Calling, and my guest today is Summer Worley. She's the pastor at Christ United Methodist Church in McMinnville. Summer, tell me, how did a little girl growing up in Lebanon, uh, entertaining herself with uh, music and acting, living with a, a single mom with some awesome grandparents, and we want to give a shout out to all the grandparents out there who are active in their grandchildren's lives yes. with your Dad and your stepmom, how did you get from uh, that situation growing up to being in the pulpit at Christ United Methodist Church? Well, I found myself in, in college making some bad choices. Where did you go to school? Well, I started at Ball State Community College. Okay. And trying to be out on my own, not really having a clue what I was doing. Yeah. And I found myself falling away from God. My One of the things that my wonderful mom did was raise me in church and she taught me she even taught sunday school and taught me about jesus but i left god to the side when i went to college because i wanted to be my own person and so it was through those bad choices i realized what i was missing and what i was needing so when i got in the upper level of college i transferred to cumberland university and there was a professor there by the name of richard shriver and he was a retired methodist minister and he was a little different, but I love him, and I consider him a mentor. I he was part he is part of my journey, and he taught me a lot about a different side of faith called theology and the doctrine of the United Methodist Church. 
And being raised Southern Baptist, I never knew there was a man named John Wesley. I never knew of confirmation. You know, I never knew of these things, and it was appealing to me. I met my husband, and lo and behold, he was a United Methodist himself, going to Lebanon First United Methodist Church, and that's where I started attending with him, and I had a child at the time. And so the three of us were attending the church, and I got married there. My son got baptized at Lebanon First, and and so I just remember I was working, I had a good job, and but I just wanted to be at church. I wanted to be at Lebanon First United Methodist Church every day of the week. I didn't know why. I didn't know what I would be doing. So I went and I talked to the minister. At the time, it was Martin Leland, who was at, who was at Cookville first before he retired. And I told him this. I was like, you know, I, I learned about theology in college, and I loved it. I want to be here all the time. I don't know what to do with this. What do I do with this? And he, in his own way, had a smirk on his face and said, do you think maybe you are called to be a pastor? There was no way I could be called to be a pastor. Are you kidding me? I am a woman. I am married with a good job. With a, I have another child on the way. I, no, but he gave me this book called Children as Men. I'm sorry. Christian as minister. And so I began to read the book and God touched me and there were things and I was like, this is it. This is it. And so I started through the process of candidacy that we all have to go through and was assigned a mentor, Reverend Pat Smith. God love her. She is an amazing woman. And she walked me. It was step by step. And that's the way God has always dealt with me. One step at a time, holding my hand, sometimes having to drag me <laughs> step by step to get everything done that I needed to get done. And I started seminary at Asbury Theological Seminary. When I was in school, I was a C student. Okay. Got, did better in college, was a B student. But when I got to Asbury, I was making A's because mm-hmm. I found what I was good at. It was your passion. Yes, it was my passion. Yeah. So did God drag you to Asbury then? That was also, I think, a Martin Thielen thing. He suggested oh, it. Okay. <laughs> and I went for the, it was a fall open house and fell in love with it. Okay. And I just fell in love with Wilmore, Kentucky, a beautiful little town. Ooh, it's Mayberry. It's, a, it's so at home. It makes you feel welcome. And it just, it's a beautiful town. When you were in seminary, did you have a favorite course? I loved studying public theology. Okay, tell the viewers or the listeners what that means. Public theology is taking our beliefs and being able to communicate those with people of different faiths or of different worldviews or different understandings. It's important, I think, that we understand um, that people do believe differently, and, and that's okay. It's good to be in dialogue with folks who believe differently. Than us, I think we're in yes. such a polarized place. Do you find that in your in your ministry? I do. We we're so divided, and I think the problem is that we don't communicate, that we don't talk to one another. We many people seem to think this is this is my truth. This is how I see it. This is fact, and they may be right. Yes, but. That other person may not agree with you. They may not know. They may not know the truth. 
and the truth being Jesus Christ. They have their own worldview. They have their own culture. So instead, we have this term in Methodist called holy conferencing. And it's all about sitting at a table in a small group with people who are different than you and talking with one another about what we believe and why we believe it. It reminds me of a quote by Martin Luther King, the, the Dr. Martin Luther King. And I'm sure most uh, most people have heard it at least once, but hate hate never cured hate. Mm-mm. And I love that holy conferencing that you just mentioned to be able to speak uh, with different beliefs in love. Yes. Yes. You have a strong call, Summer Worley. <laughs> so do you, Deanna. Thank it, you so much. It is good to hear your story. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to The Calling. We'll be back with Reverend Summer Worley in just a moment. I'm Denna Hornby, and this is The Calling. We're back with Reverend Summer Worley. She's a pastor at Christ United Methodist Church in McMinnville, and Summer would like to share a motivational moment. Another thing about me is I suffer from anxiety. And so every day it is a new challenge to live into the the love, the hope, the joy that the Holy Spirit brings us. And the only way I'm able to do that is through reading God's word and through prayer. And I found these words from Paul, from St. Paul, found in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, very fulfilling for me and helpful as I deal with this. And he writes, starting in verse 7 of chapter 12, 2 Corinthians, to keep me from being becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And that says to me that even when I am at my weakest moment, God's power still rests on me. His love is still enough for me, and he gives me all that I need. So I may not feel worthy to preach his word. I may not feel like I am a good mom. I may not feel like I am doing my husband justice. But it is when I am weak that when I rely on God, he gives me enough grace, enough strength, and enough confidence to do all that he has called me to do. That has been such a blessing to me to know that we have a God who is able and willing and loving enough to give us what we need. And so when I'm going through those moments of being weak, or when I'm going through those moments of feeling rejection, or when I'm having my mind covered with worry and doubt, I have Jesus. I can lay it all down at his feet and pray, God, just give me what I need this day. My daily bread, just give me what I need, Lord. And he does, without fail. That's beautiful, Summer. So many people uh, today suffer with depression and anxiety. Um, Do you have a a bit of advice additionally for folks who are struggling? It is crippling at times. Yes. 
do not ever be afraid or feel like you are a failure or that it is wrong to seek counseling. Mental health is just as important as your physical health. Just as we would go to see a doctor when we have a physical ailment, we also need to rely on our counselors and psychologists to help us with our mental illnesses as well. Thank you, Summer, for that motivational moment. I'm Dana Hornby, and we're back with The Calling. Today, our guest is Summer Worley. And Summer, this is my favorite part of the show. It's the time where we get to ask a few questions, maybe some unusual questions, and you get to share with us a little bit more of about who you are. I'll ask you five questions. You get a free pass on one of those questions. All right. Are you ready? Yes, I'll try to be. <laughs> okay. If you could be invisible or fly which would you want to be fly okay where would you fly just to work to the next town over i would use it as my mode of transportation because i hate traffic would you have (laughs) wings or an invisible plane like wonder woman Ooh, that's a good one probably the invisible plane that would be cool yeah that would be very cool so i wouldn't tire my arms out there you go. <laughs> When's the last time you've ever been pulled over by a cop? The last, honestly, the last time I was pulled over was 10 years ago. Wow. It was late at night. I was leaving from the church vacation Bible school and tired, just wanting to get home. How fast were you going? 15 miles over the 30 mile speed limit. Oh, dear. Yeah. Do you remember how much that cost you? It was about $120. Yikes. Yeah. That was not one of my best moments. <laughs> so much better, though, than like, you know, getting caught for burglary or something. Yeah. So I have a friend who says um, everybody speeds. It's just a matter of when you get caught. I Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Next question. Have you ever texted the wrong person? Oh, yes. Was it okay or was it a bad situation? It was okay, but it was no way to recover from it. <laughs> person was like, this was not meant for me, was it? N- no, it, yeah. it wasn't. And you don't understand it. Just ignore that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you remember your favorite Christmas present? Honestly, my favorite Christmas present. One my mom gave me was this beautiful burgundy gown. Oh, wow. And I... I mean, I received, I received a computer from one year from my stepmom and my dad bought me this wonderful computer back in the nineties. And so it was very expensive. And so that, that makes top of the list, but I always remember that gown just being warm and cozy. I'm a sentimental person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes the simple things are the things that can often mean the most. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is your last question, Summer. Are you ready? I am ready. What was your most embarrassing moment? I'm a very clumsy person. That's probably one I'll have to pass on because there's just too many. <laughs> I can't. I there, there is not just one. <laughs> I have tripped going downstairs more times than I care to remember. It's so funny because my previous guest used that as her most embarrassing moment, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Thank you, Summer, for being here today, for joining me. And for discussing your years in ministry, we thank you for sharing your calling with us today. 
I'm Dana Hornby, and each week we'll introduce you to members of the community who have followed their call to serve. This has been The Calling.